Hello, my friend. Welcome back to the Wayfair Podcast. I'm Tom Vanderwell. Thank you so much for joining me again today on our chapter day journey. We're in John chapter 1, and it was verse 14 that resonated with me this morning. It says, the Word, capital W, the Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Today's podcast is entitled, The God Who Pitched His Tent. Starting last Wednesday, followers of Jesus around the world entered the long-held tradition known as the season of Lent. It is, in brief, a season of reflection and repentance leading to the annual celebration of Jesus' execution on Good Friday and resurrection on Easter Sunday. And with this season in mind, I thought it would be appropriate for this chapter a day trek to journey through John's take on Jesus' story. Unlike any of the other three versions of Jesus' story, the ones from Matthew, Mark, and Luke, John chooses to begin his account by introducing his readers to Jesus in one of the most beautiful, I think, passages in all of the great story. If you didn't read the chapter this morning, I encourage you to read at least the first 14 verses. From the opening sentence, John establishes that he is not using the chronological reporting style of the other accounts. He is writing thematically in presenting to us the Jesus that he followed, that he witnessed, that he knew intimately. He immediately connects Jesus with creation itself, establishing from the start that the Jesus he knew was exactly who Jesus revealed himself to be, the eternal God of creation manifested in the guise of a flesh and bones human. And the rest of John's account is a presentation of his primary source evidence in support of this grand prologue. Now, for the casual contemporary Reader, a cursory reading of the beautifully penned prologue may not reveal the real depth of meaning that John provides to his contemporary audience. See, John is not just connecting Jesus to the opening chapters of Genesis, but to the entire great story itself. For example, when John writes that the living word, capital W, became flesh and, quote, made his dwelling among us, end quote, He uses a Greek word that means literally to spread out a tent. Now, his contemporary Hebrew readers would immediately associate this with the story of the Exodus, when God leads his people out of slavery in Egypt and instructs them to construct a, what, a tent. It was known as the tabernacle. This tent was a traveling worship center that was placed in the middle of the Hebrews' encampment wherever they went. It was a reminder that God was with them, that he was at the center of their lives and their community. Now, what's interesting is that David eventually planned for an actual temple to be built in Jerusalem, and his son Solomon built it, yet there is no record of God ever telling David or anyone else to build a bricks-and-mortar temple. When asked for a sign to prove he was the Messiah, Jesus told his enemies, quote, 
I will tear down this temple and rebuild it in three days, end quote. He was alluding to the fact that through his death and resurrection, he would become the center of worship. And he would later tell his disciples that that impressive temple that they were walking around, well, it was going to be destroyed in roughly 40 years. And it was indeed turned to rubble by the Romans in 70 AD. Now, after the events of Pentecost in Acts, the second chapter, roughly 40 days after Jesus' ascension, the followers of Jesus understood that Jesus had spiritually returned to the paradigm that God foreshadowed through the tent of Exodus. God's kingdom was not about a fixed place of worship to which people must journey and make a pilgrimage. The kingdom of God was about being at the very center of a person's heart, soul, and life. Just as the presence of the tabernacle was always at the center of the Hebrews' camp and went with them wherever they went, so Jesus came to pitch his tent in every human being, in every human heart, through his indwelling spirit. See, I don't go to temple. I am the temple. I don't go to church. I am the church. Because Jesus, through his Holy Spirit, has pitched his tent in me. So in the quiet this morning, I'm reminded once again how the great story fits together. John's prologue beautifully reminds me that the story of Jesus did not begin in Bethlehem or in Bethany, where he was baptized. It began before time itself. The story he's about to share is simply an episode in the story, the great story that is eternal. Likewise, what God was doing in Exodus was both a revelation of who he was to his people at that moment and a foreshadowing of the very person of Jesus who would come to pitch his tent and embody, literally, God with us. I'm also reminded of that which the institutional church, in my experience and observation, has repeatedly failed to help Jesus' followers realize. The church is not bricks and mortar, but flesh and blood. I hope this finds you well, wherever you are today, my friend. Have a great day. We'll be back here tomorrow. I hope you join me.